Heaven high. Hello. Hello. How are you Nicholas, today? It's very early, isn't it? It is. I'm barely awake. I've been up for an hour and oh, two hours. That's that's a daddy post. No, it's not because uh, Laura got up with Toby. My brain got up anyway. Ugh. Today's topic on episode 210 of the Rum Doings podcast, podcast at rumdoings.com, at rumdoings on Twitter is, since Chris Eubank's son put a competitor into a coma, isn't it about time we had a royal inquiry into whether there are any dangers associated with the sport of boxing? Oh, I thought you would do something better than that. That's pretty much what I got. Yeah, but you were faffing about, so I just decided yeah, to grasp the nettle and get horrible welts to... on my hand. I want something more pithy. Well, pith off. Oh, that's a little, little pun you've done. Well done. It is, because it sounds a bit like I'm asking you to micturate, which is generally in our demotic uh, way of telling you to go away or, you know, it's quite early. So, um, did you have a lovely time in, in the brand new York? Yes, yes, it was. Well, it was, a, it was a flying visit and I got a special bonus because there's a special time of year where the clocks go forward in the US, but they haven't gone forward in the UK yet for about a week. Mm-hmm. And during that time, the time difference is only four hours. Mm. So you get only a little bit of jet lag. And since I was only there for a little while, uh, two, two, three days, it, it worked quite well. And yes, the, the skies were blue. And the homeless people were cheery. So all in all, it was a an enjoyable visit. How about your visit to Old Wales? Good old Wales. Yes. It's uh, it was nice. Mm, I'm suspicious good. of that. I'm it's good. good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Sounds like no, Joe. no, no. I, no, I, my it's good was my description my of my eloquence of how I've really grasped the nature of this audio audio medium. Will you tell your daughter to jolly well shush? Well, she should be going to school soon. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? I think they should be in school from... <laughs> I think they should. we should end Victorian schooling by making them go to school from six till six. Yes, exactly. It's also easier to remember. Um, true. So, why no, did you... I like, no, no, I was, I was more mocking myself about how rubbish I am speaking out loud with you my are, mouth. You're terrible. I am. Um, we went to uh, for a long weekend. Well, here's, here's the hesitation you hear in my voice is my concern is my concern with all holidays at the moment. Really, is that the word holiday has to be put into giant scare quotes? Oh yes, it's like it's like you, you know you 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 suffer almost like those Christians in in uh, Pakistan who were shot exactly off in a park. Your holiday is only one notch below that. I, finally, somebody recognises. No, no. The yeah. hesitation is the uh, that to- it's looking after Toby in slightly less convenient circumstances. Mm-hmm. So nothing is baby-proofed, and none of his stuff's there, and yeah, it's just harder work. Nobody forces you to look after him. That's true. You could just put him there and see what happens. I did strongly argue to leave him at home. He knows. <laughs> he knows where we keep the rusks. Exactly, and the the cat would. Uh keep an eye on him exactly it's perfect how's he getting on with the cat do you know they're best friends really it's very strange it is. um I, you know i write for the cat magazine of course it's the most prestigious journal for which you pen your pen uh i wrote an article about how he tamed her good heavens she is no longer uh she, last night for the very first time lucy when I, I was i was alone in the house what toby was in but you know mm, he doesn't care um uh, I put him in another room. Uh, Laura was out. I was sat on upon the sofa watching the television, and mm-hmm. Lucy jumped up onto the couch 
mm-hmm. and popped her front legs and head on my leg and, and sat there and let me stroke her. That has never happened before. Oh, poor cat. She must be really, really stressed about she, something. You have to put up with that. To- Toby's broken her like a wild horse. He's broken her in. Maybe he's the cat whisperer. I, I think he is. Mm. I assumed that it was just going to end in his being lacerated and her... Uh, Which is always an important down. lesson for a toddler. I mean, we certainly had ours happen like that, yeah. He's had a couple of scratches off her. Yeah. Uh, one frighteningly close to his eye. But, <laughs> but that's because he's been very naughty. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's stop talking about our children, for goodness sake. Worse. Dullards. Children and cats. Oh. Let's talk <laughs> about something interesting like... Um, uh, 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 children and cats. Oh, aren't they lovely? Children aren't so <laughs> lovely, though. I've been speaking to various people who have their finger on the nub. Oh, yes. And they tell me that it is actually now quite possible that we will vote for Brexit. Well, I was about to ask you, funnily enough, this shows how in tune, how romantically in tune we are with we each are other. Frotting. Uh, oh, uh, about to make an argument for mm-hmm. brexit i was about to ask you to make a, an argument for it an argument for brexit oh right okay like in a debating sense yeah. um well it's very simple we to make that argument so there are plenty of countries within europe that are not explicitly in the european union that are doing perfectly well switzerland norway and so forth so to argue that there will be a cataclysm uh, if we exit the European Union explicitly is to overegg the pudding. And furthermore, if we are able to um, negotiate our way through the sorts of issues that Europe deals with in a very bureaucratic and uh, slow manner, in a more live manner, because we have great control of uh, our jurisdictional process then it may be that we can have the best of both worlds in as much as we will have a compatibility layer with the european union when it's needed and we will have our own more agile way of dealing with issues that confront us when not that's my there's my uh, my argument for brexit and do you have any argument against um you've convinced me no you've convinced no. all our listeners Well, the argument against, the real argument against, of course, is that despite all its huge failures and its bureaucracy and its corruption, the European Union has probably helped to keep Europe out of any further major continental wars since World War II, which was its point. And... I think trying to set the precedent to smash it apart for petty local nationalist reasons is pathetic. That is that my 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 gut argument is that it's about further isolation rather than inclusion. It's about well, of course. more borders, not fewer. It's the same argument that I have against any petty particularism, including Scottish nationalism and so on. Uh, and the main, the, the primary reason is if you look at the people who are arguing to exit the EU. For the same, in the same way the people who were arguing to exit the United Kingdom, their primary motivation was a revulsion for the institution and a desire to be apart from it rather than making proper rational cases. And the rational case, the so-called rational case, was always subordinate to the primary overarching desire 
to leave because of a feeling of atavistic revulsion. Uh, so, for example, when the SNP told lies about Scottish oil revenues, it wasn't because they're stupid. It was because that lie was expedient to gain what they really wanted, which was a separation from the ghastly English. Uh, similarly, all the lies about the bendy bananas and so on, even where there is a modicum of truth in whatever they discuss, are really there as a subordinate to uh, giving one to Johnny Foreigner. And it's because of that that you can't trust any of the arguments that these people make because they they have a subor they they have an overarching desire to be separate beyond any of the particular specific rational arguments that might be had for part at least part of their case if you see what I mean. So already from day one, their motivations are so impure that uh, one has to give them a modicum of scepticism that one doesn't have to give the other side. Now, you could say the corollary to that is that the other side's uh, motivations are too idealistic, and therefore they're not seeing the wood for the trees, and they're not seeing the hideous corruption and the stasis that allows the EU, for example, to let things like Syria happen without any possible uh, check or balance. So, But I think that I prefer idealism to... Um, to the uh, hideous proto-racist uh, particularist nationalism that is the hallmark of the Brexit and the Scottish nationalist campaign. <laughs> I see them as the same thing. I really do. In my mind, I, I don't see do, them as any different. And, and, there and, and are right, some difference. No, there really, no, there aren't. There really aren't. They're the same thing. They really are the same thing. It's just uh, we're, we're talking about a different institution. But the arguments are identical. The passions are identical. And the motivations are pretty identical. I don't I, think there are some differences, really. Not, 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 not substantially. And the revulsion the, that you oh, have for sh- one should be the revulsion you have for the other. And if you don't, you're a hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. Mm. Uh, the uh, because I swore that I would never be a hypocrite. Oh, uh, what is wrong with us this morning? This morning, yeah. I Go see. on then. This is over the weekend. I went to Elan Valley. Why? In the Wales. Uh, because yeah, Wales. for walkies. <laughs> Welsh nationalism. Now there's... A... Well, they, that's what I'm coming on to. Um, there's some... Uh, well, make stored... sure you clean up after you do. Just let me get through a half a sentence of my All boring right. rubbish. Anyway, uh, they built these giant dams in 1904. They're very impressive. Hmm. I'll bet and you the built English them. built them. Well, they, built, they were built in order to give Birmingham water. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's an English colonial project. And in the 80s, apparently, Welsh nationalists tried to blow up the dams <laughs> to stop exactly. Birmingham get being wet. Good, because, you know, that's nationalism for you. It's good. It's good nationalism right there. Yeah, well, you supported what, it. Do you think... <laughs> when did I support nationalism? You supported Scottish nationalism because you thought it was, more, did, it was more interesting. I, no, 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 no. Let's be fair. I set, made the case very clearly that I was against uh, Scotland leaving the UK. However, I said most Scots, apparently, I said at the time, um, I I also said it would be a lot more interesting if they went, though, because it's better TV. That's what I said. (laughs) And that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yesterday's hijacking was good TV. Well, there's there's a man, the the man from Leeds who had his photo taken with the hijacker, which I thought was quite funny. The weirdest looking the smile of both pride and terror on his face at the same time. It's just... It's on the front page of many of the oh, newspapers. It? Yes. Um, and, of course, the, only the sun make it their splash. Every other paper just puts it on the front page, and the sun's like, oh, look, this is a story exclusive, they put. <laughs> yeah, very exclusive. 
Yeah, and everyone else just went, oh, yeah, we've got this picture, but here's the real story. Hmm. Hijackass is their amazing front page pun. That's no good. No. Oh, yes. I wish I could remember yesterday's on front page. Someone should go and look it up and then imagine that we talked about how bad it was. That's no good. No. It was very poor. It was. I'm but, looking at the front pages because 1.6 million migrants from the EU settle in Britain. No. Disgusting. From the, the EU, last... but I wonder what sort they are. Are they the sort that go around blowing up cities? I imagine so. That's just in nine years, 1.6 million bloody foreigners. All foreigners should go back to where they came from. How many Brits have left the which is their Which is their mother's uterus, of course. That's Crawl true. back into your mother's uterus. Should all climb back up the hole. Mm. Uh, according to the Daily Express, you pay for Roma Gypsy Palaces. Sounds quite cool. Roma Gypsy? Hold on, just a second. A Roma Gypsy Palace? I, I thought the whole point about the Roma Gypsies was, what, on wheels? We pay for Roma Gypsy Palaces, and uh, they say they add that's another reason to leave to quit EU. Leaving the EU is the only way to stop UK benefits being spent on Gypsy Palaces, which they put in quotes for some reason. In Romania, it was said last night. Critics now claim Europe's open borders are to blame as migrants continue to tap Britain's welfare state. The fresh call to control who can enter the UK came after it was said taxpayers have unwittingly helped to build more than three hundred mansions in one small Romanian town alone. <laughs> that's on the front page of the express of course it is gypsy palaces it's and what's so, on the f- go on it's just so i can't believe that they I, i'm slightly dumbfounded that they can be quite that racist and so openly because there mm. usually is a at least there's usually coding isn't there <laughs> tomorrow's front page must be bloody gypos but that, no that, that's today's front page mm-hmm Gypsy palaces. What in Romania? What? What? What is the? Uh, I'd love. To, let's let's find out the, the truth of this story when you cut out the racist crap. I wonder what the actual truth of it is. Does the Daily Express have a website? <laughs> no, no, but know. no, beyond the Daily Express. No, no, uh, that's how you, that's how we need to start because we need to actually get the actual. Story. Okay, well, let's do this. Let's actually deconstruct what the story really means. Revealed how you pay for Romeo Gypsy palaces. I'm trying to, but the adverts on this site are eating my face. Critics now claim. <laughs> that's oh, but I love, they, they, I love they that have, mealy mouth opening. They have they have form because in 2009, the Express said, "Horrific gypsy palaces banned. These gypsy homes are to be banned by town hall bosses after residents pro- protest at the monuments to bad taste." Here's yeah, the because. Biggest- because because the Brits have never never built anything out of bad taste. You know, the, your average Barrett home is, oh, my goodness, look at that. That's wonderful. I would love that to be built in my neighbourhood. I'm quite serious. It's beautiful. It really is a beautiful building. Uh, no, look, what, look what there. You can't see I'll send it giant, to you. And you, you, you can link, it, the, link good this. Good grief, we're bad today. Link this to the customers. Okay. To the customers of the podcast. Look at those buildings. My goodness, can you imagine if that popped up instead of your average Barrett home? Look at the roofs. Goodness, yeah, they're amazing. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, you so pay for Roma Gypsy Palaces. I'd love to know how. Uh, we've unwittingly helped to build one 300 mansions in one small Romanian town alone. Wow, those are so imaginative, those. And look at that. Lived a life of luxury. I'm going to argue that a 300 mansion town isn't small. No. <laughs> Five years ago, there were fewer than 100 mansions in Tandarai. Now that number has trebled with some valued at £500,000. Goodness me, what a mansion. And many having British registered cars parked outside. 
Well, I like that. Five years ago, there were fewer than a hundred mansions. Now they're three hundred. It doesn't. It's not like the order of magnitude that you need to make yeah. the story exciting. Why they're, they're... Last night, UKIP leader Nigel Farage. Oh, really? He's still around, is he? I thought he died in some weird sex incident. He died in a weird plane sex incident. Yeah. Uh, said by leaving the EU, we can ensure only those who have paid into the system can take out. He adds, we will also be able to put sensible Australian-style points-based immigration system that stops dangerous criminals from coming to Britain. Yeah, because that would work. (sighs) Romanian gypsy Ili Shan was jailed in 2010 after he fleeced the British taxpayer for 114,000 in benefits. Well, okay, so he went to prison. He went to prison. Unlike unlike, yeah, unlike any of the uh, people in, say, the Royal Bank of Scotland who fleeced us for about a trillion pounds. But yeah, at least he <laughs> went to prison, so systems, system's partially working. Yeah, He used a false name to plunder the cash, which he spent on sports cars, quad bikes and a nine-bedroom home in Romania. That's lovely. Of course, Joan Collins is also on the front page of the Daily Express, and it's got... Secrets behind the real row in Atkinson. So, as somebody says, we've reached peak Daily Express. Except, where's the picture of uh, Diana? We need and that Maddie. One. It's nowhere near peak Daily Express. No. There's no mention of pensions. There's no Diana. There's no Maddie. I'm sorry. That's a yeah. poor. It's a poor one. It is. Well, that's. Why is it considered acceptable to be racist against gypsies in this country at the moment? I thought it's, it is interesting. Um, the well, Romania and uh, Poland seem to be fair game now. I guess they're just white enough for people to feel like they can get away with it. Yeah, but, you know, they they weren't white enough not to be murdered in the Holocaust. <laughs> this is true. Oh, it's just a picture of Nigel Farage. Oh, God. In the middle Every of the year, 2014, avert your gaze, garish mansions built by Romanian criminals. It's there. Every year they seem to have this article. <laughs> Uh, dubbed gypsy palaces by locals, the properties are adorned with tasteful ornaments like miniatures of the Eiffel Tower. Oh my goodness, I wish I had this. I'm not, I'm not being arch, but look at these. I'm going to send it to you again. You must link them because I've given you the links. But look. I'm looking now, Nick, with my eye. Oh my oh, look, goodness, this is amazing. Yeah, but we much prefer the average Barrett home with its uh, identity. Oh my gosh, can you imagine that being built in uh, instead it's, of your... It's just fantastic. Wow, I wish I wish that I wish that Redrow and Barrett employed some gypsy architects. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if, if suddenly all the architecture in, in the UK, instead of this bland uh, new build, look suddenly just went mad like this. That would be brilliant. Wow, I'm trying. I know it sounds it. like I'm trying to be. I, I was prepared to actually look at them and say, "Yeah, they're they're hideous," but then then make the argument about it doesn't matter. The, but actually, no, I'd, I'd love these. Yeah. Oh well. I'm trying, to, trying to load the Daily Mail front page, but I can't because of all the adverts all over it. It wouldn't load. Right, good. Um, I just ad blocked it so it would load, and very cleverly, it manages to still display ads. Oh look, this is this is quite funny. The, the Daily Express tried their best in the avert your gaze garish mansions built by Romanian face demolition, blah blah blah. And they want to get the damning quote in the end, so they interviewed somebody, a man who lives near the quote gypsy palaces. Quote said. Drivers stop their cars next to the palaces and are always surprised by the fancy ideas that the owners dreamed up. <laughs> End of article. <laughs> Come in here with your fancy ideas. Well, the Daily Mail reports inside an oligarch's one billion billion dollar wedding. Which oligarch's that one? 
performances from J-Lo, Sting and on Enrique Iglesias. An mm-hmm. £18,000 haute couture gown mm-hmm. and a fleet of Rolls Royces as, Kaz- as a Kazakh oil tycoon's son ties the knot. Mm-hmm. Billionaire's son, Syed Gus... It's his eyesight rather than not being able to say things. Syed uh, Gutserev. Racist. Uh, 28, married student 20-year-old Kadja... Oh my god, I'm not going to even try. Uh, Uzakova, Uzakova, maybe? Mm. Um, in Moscow this weekend. And a jaw-droppingly lavish affair, rumoured to have cost up to $1 billion. Billion? Billion with a b-b-b. Gosh. It's not bad, is it? No, no. Even, even that, that's not pocket change, even for, uh, for, for Bill Gates. That's uh, an impressive amount of money to squander on a wedding. Then we get to the story of uh, 1.6 million migrants from the EU settling Britain in just nine years, uh, accompanied by pictures of people trying to sneak into lorries to cross the border, because they're the same thing. Of course. So, yeah, what do you reckon? Do you, I, I still don't think it will happen, Brexit, but it's, I wouldn't bet a huge amount of money on it now. Do you know? I'm really worried. I the, think... the, the, and here's one of the reasons. If you look at all the polls, who's massively for Brexit? The old people. Who right. doesn't want Brexit? The young people who can't who be asked to vote yeah, and exactly. who does vote. So, you know, that's and the also, problem. It's the other, and it's the other end of the problem. It's, uh, um, it's a vote to change. So yes. people tend to, who don't want change tend to not bother to vote. Yes, indeed. So, so even the age thing is out of the way. It's, it's, it's a problem. It's a protest vote. It is. Oh, this is the worst episode we've ever recorded. No, I think that we've recorded worse. Goodness me, yes, you are boring me. Literally, actually true. <laughs> I'm boring me as well. Are you fixed, by the way? I'm all better. How did that happen? Uh, I, um, I, basically, it's a gradual climb back out of the well. and uh, mm-hmm. back, This is anxiety. Um, yes, well, we discussed listener. it last time. I yeah. know, I know. I just I, This is the thing I do. I click my knee because I have to click my knee as well, you know. Nick once yeah. described it next to me at the cinema as like being next to a firework display. It was awful. Um, and I click my knee and then I, what I do is I kick the back metal pad thing of this Ikea desk and it makes this noise. <laughs> Sounds I, like you're beating someone's head against an old lock-up. A lock-up? <laughs> it's nice, mm. I like it. Um... See, I've lost track of... The t- I was trying to make things interesting and I've lost track again. Your broken head. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, who cares? Um, <coughs> yeah, no, just it's a gradual improvement. I had a couple of wobbles over the weekend, blah, blah, blah. Not very interesting, but yeah. And so you're all better now. Good. All better today. All better. La, la, la. <laughs> Excellent. Let's go, I know what will work. Do you have your list? Your list of island people? Um, let, let, let me bring it up, shall I? Yes, yes. because there, there are still people Regurgitate who... Regurgitate uh, it once more. There are still people who need to be accounted for, if, I, if, I, Ooh, if I've got it. While you're bringing it up, I need Blech. to tell you about a book that I've started reading. Go on, then. It's, it's called The Bible. <laughs> mein Kampf. <laughs> What's the difference, Nick, eh? <laughs> a little bit of religious <laughs> satire for you there. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Welcome to Just a Minute. Oh, my goodness. And on a book? It's uh, Nicholas Parsons has written a book about Just a Minute. Really? Uh, oh, I see. Uh, uh, not just, uh, not just a transcript of every single. Uh... Well, you might want to take a look at this book because, oh my goodness, does he pad it out with transcripts? 
Oh, no. It's so bad. I was genuinely expecting something good because I know Nicholas Parsons doesn't come across very well on the show, but he is 92 years old. Do you know when we started recording Rum Doings, I swear he was in his 70s. <laughs> yes. um, he's now 92. He's 93 this year. Yes. Um, he finally admitted and revealed his age by having a 90th birthday party, which he writes about in the book. Yes. Um, but it's, I wish, uh, I'm so incompetent, I don't have it to hand. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, um, he writes, ex- he writes exclusively in, uh, well, you know, we have the no false modesty rule. Correct. Turns out there's a line. <laughs> it's just the most weirdly uncomfortable, immodest book mm-hmm. I've ever read, in which he says, there's a line in which he says, uh, few uh, are capable of, uh, of transitioning from actor to host. For host requires special skills that actors just don't possess. I'm very lucky to be one of the few who was able to do this. Most, rather than few. In fact, you'd have to have a special learning disability not to cope with that transition with consumer ease. He writes about being a host as this extraordinarily complex and, and difficult challenge. That, and he talks about as being the host of Just a Minute as this extraordinarily important role in which he controls <laughs> proceedings in a way that requires finesse that people just don't appreciate. But oh how he, le- he lets the anarchy go. And then there's all these reproduced letters from the 60s when the show is starting where David Hatch was... Oh my goodness me! Where David Hatch was massaging his ego, saying, writing these little notes, going, "Nicholas, I noticed that uh, Clement and Kenneth were particularly mean to you this week, and I just wanted to reassure you that you're a wonderful host, and you have accept." <laughs> and he just happens to need to reproduce these letters, and then he uh, is so awkward and uncomfortable. Finally, it doesn't reflect well on him, does he? It, it does doesn't. It, I don't know. I'm not going to judge anyone who can write a 500-page book about a radio show when they're 90 years Except, old. Uh, there is a possibility. What if it's ghostwritten and therefore you, you can't really be blaming him? I really, If it is ghostwritten, then he is outlandishly dishonest in the book um, about how he's created, you know, he writes about how he's written the book and, and so on. Um, right. And, it, and if it, again, if it's ghostwritten, you'd imagine the ghostwriter would have said, let's maybe tone this down a bit. It's maybe, um, he, he in fact says that everything he didn't write in the book was uh, transcribed for him by someone which he recorded. Right. Um, so he he, may, he claims to have a complete authorship, and and I really think he does because it's it's an interesting book in terms of I I love the the history of this particular show and it's very yes. interesting time for radio. <clears throat> but he he also claims to be the person who got the BBC to abandon the little green book, um, and finally allow uh, naughtiness to be on the radio. Which is not yeah yeah. There's such a lot of naughtiness on the radio. Well, there's such but the, no, no, but the problem is in in the nineteen in the late fifties you weren't allowed to mention. Um, uh, toilets. Yes. You weren't allowed to refer to a toilet, and you weren't allowed to refer to the monarchy at all, yes. just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was in, on a comedy program, obviously, and there were so many topics they weren't even allowed to mention. They weren't allowed. You weren't allowed, according to this, these BBC guidelines, to um, do impressions of people who hadn't given their consent to be impersonated. Oh, that that that's fine. The uh, <laughs> dead ringers would have been fine then. Cause... Yeah, they... hey. Um. So, uh, so, but he claims to be the person who changed all this and then mentions the fact that I'm sorry I haven't a clue and, and um, Round the Horn and Beyond Our Ken all broadcast before Just a Minute. And Whoopsie. all of those programmes... Which were much naughtier than Just a Minute ever was. Yes. And, and it refers to... He says that they, you weren't allowed to make jokes about effeminate men. Um, might want to have um, another listen to Round the Horn. <laughs> <ages>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Julian and Sandy, good grief. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and then he uh, he also claims to have um, 
that he always wanted to be a panellist and that he has this exchange of letters with David Hatch about how upset he is to be host and he never wanted to be the host and it was the last thing he wanted because he wanted to be able to show off his, his extraordinary improvisational skills. Right. And he was eventually forced to be the host when the host dropped out and then they tried the second series they rotated who was host and he was the only one who was any good. And it's like there's people who say, I had no ambition to be the prime minister, but my colleagues yeah. just mm-hmm. demanded it of me as a, in my country's time of need. And I just so happened to be exceptionally good at it. He uh, <laughs> he talks about how um, he and Clement Freud fell out in later years uh, really? whilst recording the show, which is interesting. Clement Freud didn't like the way Nicholas Parsons would innovate and change details of how the programme works. Despite the fact <laughs> the programme's exactly the same as it was 50 <laughs> yes. years ago. Innovation, why? Um but if you go back and listen to some of those episodes, there's a few. If you go to archive, search uh, just a minute archive.org, you'll find a few episodes um, with uh, the likes of Clement Freud, Kenneth Williams, Peter Jones, Derek Nimmo. It was a fantastically good program, and the topics they're asked to talk about are phrases that would just nothing. They'd just be blank from awful panelists if you if you raised them now. Um, like they they had a, a they just like they had a topic on a particular Roman emperor and, and Kenneth Williams just talked at length about this person. Well, we... it's it's funny you should mention that I had to turn off just a minute this this uh, week because the plebeian people who were on it, um, almost none of them could talk about the topic, which was Plymouth Rock. They didn't know what Plymouth Rock referred to at all. They had no idea about what it was culturally, what, they, they, and they had sort of, and they and they were kind of proud that they'd never heard of this phrase. Well, that's my point. So this complete distinction, where the idea that, that there was a there was great humility when someone didn't know understand the particular topic, and and then Williams would sneer at them and and for not knowing, and uh, Derek Nimmo would then talk laconically all about it and it was mm. a, yeah it was a really smart program and nicholas but the funny thing is nicholas parsons <coughs> is just as dreadful then as he is today <laughs> he was so bad at it and not listening not really understanding clearly relying on ian messiter to say whether uh to whom we were indebted for inventing to whom we were indebted again. yes um uh and and it was it, yeah he was always dreadful at it um but i i like him i have a i have a great deal of affection for nicholas parsons so it'd be well, very yes. sad how, how he could you not dies. yes he's, he's, he's not going to die Oh, that's good news. Yeah. Um, will, what will they do? Because obviously the BBC has lost the ability to stop something when it needs to stop. So I'm sorry, I, I haven't a clue. Is still going with Jack D at the helm. Yes. So who is the yeah. who's the closest we've got to a Nicholas Parsons then? I think who's it would be Parsons? like I think it'll be Sue Perkins or something like that. Oh yes, yes, you're right. It'll be Sue Perkins. She's very good at just a minute, but I think it'll be someone like her. It'll be something. Yeah, no, it'll be Sue. Yeah, it has to be a lady, obviously, and Sue Perkins is the best lady, so it'll be Sue Perkins. <laughs> she is the best lady, that's true. Although yeah. she's now... Nar- she's... Oh, Saturday night at the cottage in Wales. There's a new television programme on the BBC uh-huh. called... The BBC! Can't Touch This. That doesn't sound like it's very promising. It's... The, it's a Please tell me they don't have uh, the actual song at the, at the in the intro. Funnily enough, I can't remember... Because okay. they played so many songs during the show. It's a game show, very much in the style of Wipeout, or uh-huh. Total Wipeout, as you ghastly British people call it. You ghastly British people. Exactly. I refuse to mm. be a part of a country that, that endorses Total Wipeout presented by Hamster Hammond. Yes. Um, the American version is a good show because the two hosts are very funny comics, clearly writing their own material, not reading out someone else's. Yeah. Um, and so it's like a cross of Total Wipeout and um, a British. The, the ITV had their British Ninja Warrior thing recently, which is 
Did they? So, yes. Yeah, so, so American Ninja Warrior's been going for years. Uh, Ninja Warrior's been going for even longer in Japan. And British Ninja Warrior started on ITV last year or the year before. And then, ITV. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so this show is about people, uh, like 15 or 20 contestants being whittled down to one to see if they can win a car by mm-hmm. taking part in large obstacle courses where they have to try to touch particular signs in order to right. bank prizes. Right. The touch signs with the cars? No, with their hands. So the, the very final round is they have to run and take a flying leap and touch a car that's hanging from the s- <laughs> ceiling of the auditorium. That's just... Before they fall into the padding below. Right, okay. That's on television now. And it's hosted by Zoe Ball, of course it is. Oh, she's um, awful. You used to love her. I do love her. I still love her because her I dad's Johnny her. Ball. Yeah. But also it's hosted by a man called Ash Gecko or something. Uh... Um, and he can't speak. Oh, I think I know of whom you talk. I think he's an equal opportunities purchase, isn't he? <laughs> Apparently, he's a he's off of he's a choreographer on dancing of dancing for ice or something. Well, you know, I'm sure that he makes people itself. dance very well. I'm just gonna gonna. Are you gonna? Are you really gonna? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Ashley Banjo is his, <laughs> it's his improbable name. It's worse than the one you made up. Do you know what you don't get to hear on that program the entire way through? The letter T? Correct! The letter <laughs> T. The letter T did not make a single appearance on that program. Oh, dear. I became quite upset about missing Good. the letter T. Yes. Oh, dear. Ashley Banjo adds, I've never quite seen any... I can't hear... I can't hear... I'll translate. The sheer scale of, its, of it is immense. The concept sounds so simple. Touch the prize, win the prize. But the it does, course, and it sounds a bit embarrassing, actually. But the course is anything but. And due anything. to the, quote, chance, end quote, element, some of, the ga- of some of the games, it really is anybody's guess who will win, no matter how young or fit you are. Oh, dear me. Zoe and I have been crying with laughter watching them try, but also really rooting for them to do well. Yeah, we, we, yes, I, I love his little proviso there. We're not evil. Anyway, the, the tragedy is Sue Perkins is the colour commentator. That is sad. She does debase herself sometimes, doesn't yes, she? It is a shame. Yeah. But I, I, I think... So, uh, I argued that... Uh, the, the next Doctor Who should be Sue Perkins. Oh, yes, that's a good choice. That's a very good choice. Yes. And it actually is a good choice. And it isn't, that isn't just uh, a token. I mean, she would be probably I think so. I agree. a good Doctor Who. I'm sure I suggested it on an earlier episode and you agreed. But anyway. No, I suggested it and you agreed. You thought Alan Davis should be the next Doctor Who. That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? He'd make a perfectly acceptable Doctor Who in this, in, in, for what the character is and has become. <laughs> Be true, honest, which is enough. quite damning but yes i've never seen a peter capaldi episode have you i, I saw half of one uh i was at my grandmother's house, house and we turned it on and she'd never seen any doctor who before and it was a total flaming mess and she just none of us really knew what was going on and then we turned it off how did she not see doctor who in the 60s and 70s surely that was on in in the colonies we didn't have television in the colonies until uh, the very late 70s. When I was a baby, there were no television because, as I've said before, the postmaster general was a strong Christian, Afrikaner Christian, and he said that the television was the medium of the devil and he wouldn't allow it in South Africa. Oh, fair and, enough. And I had to wait for him to die before. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. I can't believe you haven't bought your grandmother the box sets of all the um, Tom Baker episodes of Doctor yeah. Who. 
Sure, she loved that. Uh, we uh, and and of course, um, when television did start, our Sundays there were no adverts allowed on Sundays, and only only religious uh, Christian programming. Oh, I or feel solemn like, music. I feel like that was what it was like in the eighties here as well, though. <laughs> I feel like Sunday was Sunday TV just went bad. I think the Smurfs was on. In the afternoon. Oh, I know the Smurfs. I've just remembered how I know the Smurfs was on in the afternoon. Because every every Monday morning in my primary school, we had a weekend book. And we had to write it in our book what we did at the weekend and draw a picture. Uh-huh. And every weekend I would just write the last thing I could remember, which was I watched the Smurfs. And I would get in trouble for you did? just writing that I watched the Smurfs. Why did you get into trouble? Because I do it every Monday. I just say I watch the Smurfs. I've got I've got a book which has got a, my drawing of the Smurfs in it. It's very good. Well, you didn't have uh, Spider Man uh, dubbed into Cosa, did you? Oh no, I didn't. Which I did. Called Rabobi, which means man of web. <laughs> which language is that? Sorry. Uh, well, it was actually translated into uh, Tswana and Cosa. Why? Because there are some black people in South Africa who wanted to watch television, who preferred to have their television in their own language. My, rather than listen to my question isn't that stupid. Apartheid Africa. Yeah. I, it was it surprises me that there would be that, there, that such an effort would be made that it wouldn't just be Afrikaans. There were. It's not channel, that stupid of a question. It is quite stupid. Bread and circuses, dear. There are channels. <laughs> there were channels for uh, the TV one was uh, alternated between English and Afrikaans. TV2, I believe, was Klaus and Swan, and TV3 was Zulu. And, oh, wow. And um, there were radio programs as well, for different languages and so on. Uh, and, yeah, and, I, and so I didn't actually... I, I thought that the Spider-Man theme tune was actually... A theme tune made for 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 the cause and so on. I thought, well, that was just the theme tune that they had, which was a uh, you know. And then I was very surprised to hear it dubbed into English. <laughs> yes, much later on. Yes, it's a pity. I, I should have learnt uh, those languages properly. I mean, you always had a few words and so on at some of the grammar, but I think maybe that's the next challenge. Actually, learn Clausa properly with all the different sorts of clicks and so forth. Well, the, yeah, I know sure. I can do the clicks, obviously, but uh, the actual language itself, uh, I need to go. Uh, apparently, it's, it can be quite the grammar can be quite complex. So. What does the click? What does the click intonate? What is it for? Um, it's it's another consonant. So, oh, okay. so for example, uh, grammar. That's all. Uh, no, but for example, if you go, claw is a different word to claw, which is a different word to claw, which is a different word to claw. Oh, for goodness sakes. What's and so, uh, and, and the, 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 the reason that these clicks actually evolved, or they probably originally evolved from the sand people, Bushmen and so on, is that well, when you're in the... Star Wars? A- yeah, thank you. Uh, thank Racist. You. <laughs> when you're in the African... <laughs> when you're in Mention the African- Howard's End. Mention Howard's End. I want yeah. to do it. Howard's End. How's wait? Now carry on. Yeah. When you're in the African veldt um, and you're hunting and you're slightly separated apart, clicks carry. Oh, they travel well, yeah, of course. And so that's why. So so you have these languages have a have a preponderance of different sorts of clicks, and you have to be able to do each one of them. Some of them with words. So, for example, uh, the word for elephants is it ngovu, 
uh, uh, but the but the word for the Cosa language is actually Cosa, so that you can hear the clicks are in a slightly different part of your mouth, and each click can <laughs> no, determine. Well, then you're going to be have a problem, aren't I you? I am. I'm going to struggle when that's, that's the dominant language of Earth. Yeah, exactly. Which it should be. Yeah. It's, I think I think it's a very nice language. It's a very nice uh, sounding language. Particular. Yes, pleasant to listen to. Most African languages are very nice sounding. They sound a lot better than most European languages, in my opinion. But maybe that's just because my ear was tuned to them. Could be. Or maybe mm. it's just because you're a massive racist, anti-white racist. I am. The white, whites are there. They are a bit pale and dull, <laughs> aren't they? I was listening to a review on the radio last night of a, a play um, uh, from... I don't know all the details because it's this episode... Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they were saying how there's a section in the play in which the uh, black characters rant on about mm-hmm. how ugly white women are because you can see their veins through their skin. And I thought, oh, grief, that's a good point. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can see all my veins. Isn't that awful? Dreadful it, business. It is true, actually. It, you, sometimes you do see somebody who's particularly veiny and you think, ooh. Yeah, no, my, well, my, because I'm so translucent white my uh and the only part of my body that isn't completely smothered in hair uh <laughs> is my is my for the front of my forearms although rapidly becoming hairy as i get older and there yes. you can just trace every detail of every vein through my um it's revolting it is why don't you just get rid of them have them <laughs> redirected have them redirected what, what were you watching on television yesterday I don't think I turned on the te- Oh, no, that's not true. I, you I, told I, at the beginning of this oh, no, podcast. I know, I lied. I was, it wasn't live television. It was, um, it was television. I, went, I flew to America to watch some television last night. Okay, and what was that? I watched an episode of The Flash. What's that? The Flash? How can you not know what The Flash is? I don't know what anything is at the moment. It's about The Flash, the, ca- the comic character. Um, oh, not more comic. Can we yeah. just put the comics back in, uh, on the bookshelf where they belong? Um, and I watched half an episode of Arrow, which is its sister show. Well, Flash uh-huh. is a spin-off from Arrow. Um, and I watched, <laughs> watched Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I like punishing myself. It's, I'm on a third series of this horror. Oh, I, I, on, the, on the plane, I, I watched the movie The Big Short, which was very enjoyable. You should watch it. What else did you watch? I watched Lobster, which was very good for the first half, and then the second half was just people running around in the woods. But Lobster's very good for the first half, and it's got uh, Olivia Coleman doing a good role. So I've watched that. I would definitely watch the big short about the banking crisis, but done in a very entertaining way. And what I really loved about it is it has a few, quite a few break the frame moments, which are well done. And for example, they have a a pop star or a chef explaining what a particular term is suddenly just popping up for no reason saying, and because that's a very strange jargon term, here's whatever, whatever pop star in a bath telling you about it. And she does. <laughs> um, but then also the two of the characters, something slightly improbable happens in the lobby of a bank. And these two entrepreneurs say, Oh my gosh, yeah. Why don't we do blah, blah, blah. And then one of them turns to the camera and say, actually, it didn't quite happen like this. I'd already <laughs> known about that, but anyway, and then they continue. That's like so my, fa- my favorite moment in uh, Annie Hall. Oh yes, where uh, Woody Allen and uh, Diane Keaton are like, queuing up to see the sorrow oh, of the yes. city, yes. and the person in front of him in line is is is, prefer- prefer- is pontificating. There we go about the film, and Woody Allen's getting very frustrated with this yes. person's incorrect opinions, and eventually yes. just steps over and pulls the director of the film out from behind a screen, and has him tell this man that he's completely wrong. And Allen just looks at the camera and says, "Don't you just wish life were like this?" Yes, it's true. <laughs> 
So yeah, I would recommend. Film. Oh, everyone! If you haven't seen Annie Hall, or if you haven't seen it for a while, you must watch Annie Hall. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's got. The I also lines, uh, don't not masturbation. It's sex with someone I love. Yeah, but and also the, what, and the I'll most t- use, useful line in all of time: when someone parks badly, you can say to them, "Don't worry, we can walk to the curb from here." Yes. No, but I'll tell you what else. I uh, stop, stop clonking. You're after your giant chair creak earlier. Thank you. Good. What me. another another uh, film that isn't as well known, but I think is 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 one of the loveliest of the Woody Allen films. Is I don't think he's act. Yeah, he he narrates it. I don't know. If I he's know actually, you're going to say Radio Days. Yes, because you're I love so it. Jewish. But it's a, don't you yes, think it's a Radio wonderful Days film? Is marvelous. Mm. And it's it, it, it's one of those films. You you know uh, my my brain has very few slots where it allows images and and stories of films to remain right. it usually flushes them out as soon as i leave the cinema Whereas my or brain exclusively contains that information radio days is one of those films that has remained so it has to be good it's lovely yes woody allen narrates it but he himself his character is a small boy, small boy in this in indeed oh it's lovely it's really good He's done so many good films and so no the thing about ones. the thing about radio days which is amazing uh, is that it it gives it allow it allows you to feel a nostalgia for something that you never had. Yes, you feel nostalgia for something that had nothing to do with your culture, was way before you were born, and you feel nostalgia for having lost it yourself, which you didn't. It's very uh, that, clever. It's the same yeah. way he can make you feel like you love Manhattan without ever having been to Manhattan by watching films like Annie Hall and Manhattan. Yes. Um, he says it's the same ability to make you feel uh, like you you miss the city that you've never been to or cared about. Did I tell you last time that uh, Victoria and I we went to see um, we w- we went to see Lawrence of Arabia for the first time no, on didn't. the big screen? The, the the Prince Charles Cinema in London is I would recommend people to go to because they keep bring they they've just reinstalled their seventeen millimeter projector and they keep bringing showing old films. You know the sort of films that you've always intended to watch yes. if it came back onto big screen. Well, now you don't have an excuse because they're doing them there. Well, unless you and, don't live in the London. Yeah, and we well just come and do it. It's we awful. we were. And we were really, and so I thought, well, we'll watch Lawrence of Arabia because it's one of those epics that you have to see, but not really expecting it to be anything. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting about it was you, you have an impression that it's going to just be a kind of an epic and a bit romantic nonsense and so on. But what's really interesting is it's modern. It's got a kind of real knowing modern sensibility and it kind of descends into this real kind of cynical Oh, right. Conclusion. I would recommend anybody watch it, but again, obviously on the big screen. Don't watch it on DVD it'll, or, or on streaming. It's just going to upset you. Remember, remember, remember DVDs? We've still got some children's things on DVD. No, yeah, I, I'll tell you why I remember DVDs, Jonathan. Unlike you, I don't commit crimes. So the, <laughs> so the, so the only way we can, we, the only way we can watch, um, certain things, for example, um, uh, what was it we were watching recently on your recommendation? Elementary. Elementary. Not available for streaming unless you pay a huge amount of money. If you want to watch Elementary for free using Amazon Prime, you have to ask them to send a piece of plastic in the post. Ugh, I've got El- I've got Amazon Prime and Netflix subscriptions. Hmm. Um, and if something's on neither, then it serves them right. Well, things are increasingly not on either because of those weird... Uh, content agreements they've got with hulu and so on in america as oh, well no it's so crap so laura this is the strangest thing uh, laura's recently got into parks and recs parks and rec you watched that didn't you we did yes, yes. I, I haven't watched the last series but yes so laura's very, watching good. That, very much enjoying it and um 
she uh, ran out of episodes that were on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so wanted to get, I think it's series four or five. So mm-hmm. she paid for the season for the the full season on Amazon mm-hmm. on the because we've got the Fire Stick. So she on the Fire Stick yeah. she went to the th- Amazon Prime page. She paid for it. It was seventeen ninety nine for the mm-hmm. full season. Bought mm-hmm. that. Watched the first eight episodes and then it stopped. Oh, it was a bug. Whenever. No, it's not a bug. It turns out that there's no warning if you buy it from the website. Uh, if you go to the website and look in the tiny print, it mentions that you're getting a season pass rather than a season. Of this program, oh this series that was broadcast in 2009. Uh-huh. Oh, no, sorry, it started in 2009, so this is probably 2013, uh-huh. this, this, this aired. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, in America, you, for the, your, 17, your equivalent of 1799, you get the full series. In the, Brit- in the British Isles, you uh-huh. get them after they've shown on Dave. That's hideous. I know. So we got we got a refund, obviously. But the yeah, that's it. The, the she could the, you could only update to a new episode of a two year old, three year old program once Dave had shown it. This is also broken. And they have no plans to show the the later seasons until late next year, so they'll just not be available. Again, piracy offers the best customer Absolutely. service. There you go. Um, it's just phenomenal. We spent eighteen quid on this on a, on essentially a box set. Uh-huh. Oh, that we weren't allowed to watch it. <laughs> oh, look, I've just found an Amiga format cover disc. <laughs> How on earth has that happened? From August 1989, number one. Huh? Do you know what was on the number one Amiga format cover disc? I bet. From August 1989? I bet it's Lemmings. Not quite. Oh, There's the probably, sw- uh, Lemmings in 90, I think. I'll tell you what's on this, this one little disc. Yep. Swinging Frog Demo Animation. Dotil, General Purpose DOS Utility, VLBM, Create Your Own Slideshow, Trackmon, Disc Head Tracker, Art Gallery, Pixel Exhibition, and New Zealand Story, Playable Demo. Oh, I love New Zealand Story. All of that on one 880 kilobyte floppy disk. <laughs> That's Amiga format, though, not Amiga Power, so no wonder it was full of boring DOS utilities. <sighs> anyway, there we are. New Zealand Story, I adored that game. Gosh, I haven't thought about that for a while. It was a lovely game. Little, so uh, many lovely games in the old days before they became overcomplicated, bloated bits of Vaseline. Oh, but your uncomplicated games are uh, are, are huge at the moment, so... Good. Yeah. So right, we need I to stop. They, they did a remake of Super Frog, which I don't <laughs> want because it probably, you know, won't be the same. <laughs> Imagine if it weren't the same. Hmm, nothing right, should we, be not the same. We need to stop this dreadful episode before it disease kills everyone it have it had three minutes of brilliance there were three minutes about 15 minutes ago yes shall we say goodbye to everybody say goodbye to everybody all of them bye sorry